It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Rich Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, school bells are ringing for more than 60,000 of Georgia's youngest learners as Georgia's pre-K program begins the new school year. The first day of Georgia's pre-K program varies based on school system and child care provider. It started as early as July 19th in Talaferro County and continues as late as the week of September 6th in Murray and Webster counties. Most Georgia school systems began the first and second weeks of August. And Commissioner, today we get an update on Georgia's pre-K and some tips if this is your child's first experience in school. Yeah, we're so excited uh, that Georgia Pre-K is starting back for the 29th year, which um, is hard to believe. I feel like we just celebrated the 25th birthday of Georgia Pre-K. So, um, but we're excited to welcome back all the teachers and all the students. It's going to be a great year. No matter what it looks like, it's going to be a great year. We're going to start positive. That's, That's right. Thank you. Think positive. Just keep that positive thinking going. Joining us to talk about Georgia's pre-K program and this 29th year of operation is Faith Duncan, Director of Field Operations for Georgia's pre-K program. And Alice Lassiter is one of our pre-K specialists working directly with teachers and assistant teachers in pre-K. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Glad to be here. You know, first, let's learn something about each of you. Uh, we always like to know how long have you been with DECAL and what your journey was like that led you here. Faith, let's start with you. Well, um, I shouldn't say this, especially in light about what Commissioner Jacobs just said. We're in our 29th year of Georgia's pre-K, and this is my 42nd year in education. Wow. I say that and I want to gasp. But, um, <laughs> I have been an early childhood teacher um, an elementary school principal, and I started with DECAL in 2009, and um, I truly love having the opportunity to support our four-year-olds. It's just an amazing, amazing place to be um, at DECAL and an amazing job to have. And didn't DECAL start in 2004? Isn't that yes, about the time? I think so. I came about five years later. Yep. Wow, that's great. Mm-hmm. And I so always older than decal and older than pre-K. <laughs> I love to talk about you being a former elementary school principal. I just think that's great because I'm just getting to the age where I feel comfortable talking to elementary school principals. <laughs> yes, we have a reputation, but we're really <laughs> to be in that position, you have to love children and love families. Oh yeah. And you definitely do. And there's right. no question about that. Alice, uh, how about you? I was a pre-K lead teacher in Savannah, Chatham County for about five years. And then my family and I, we moved to the Atlanta area and I taught in Walton County for three years. Um, But I've been working with DECAL since January of 2020. So I started right before the pandemic closed everything down. Well, let us just say a collective bless your heart. Because that was not the easiest time to start, but we hope uh, we hope things have gone well. Definitely a year you'll look back on uh, with very oh, clear memories. Yeah. Yeah, we'll never forget this year or last year, that's for sure. 
<laughs> well, um, because of COVID-19, the 2020-2021 school year, we saw a decline in pre-K attendance from more than our usual 80,000 students statewide to approximately 60,000 students. Faith, why do you think that happened? And do we expect those numbers to get back to normal this year? Well, I think there were many reasons for the decline. Um, first and foremost, probably families were reluctant for their young children to be in the school setting on a daily basis because of fear of them getting sick or um, somehow bringing the virus home and, and getting a family member sick. Um, but we, we also had classes have to close due to the pandemic. So in some places in the state, it limited families' options. So um, children might not have gotten into a class um, that they wanted to, and so it was too far away or whatever, so families chose to keep them home. And I, I don't really think we'll know for sure about enrollment until after our first pre-K roster, which is in um, mid-September, mid but we're feeling hopeful and encouraged because of the enrollment in our summer program. Um, our summer classes had over 90%, were over 90% full, and we're hearing from many of our um, programs and classes across the state that they have full enrollment and in some cases have a waiting list. However, in other areas of the state, enrollment is still not back up to pre-pandemic numbers. And so I think only time will tell. And as um, people continue to monitor the virus and what's going on in their own communities, some families are going to make the decision that they feel is best for their child and for their family. Yeah. You know, Alice, I failed to ask this, and I wanted to go back and, and touch base with you real quick. What areas of the state do you serve as a, a pre-K specialist? Um, as far as the, I guess, the region, I'm still considered southeast, but I go like Walton County, Morgan, Baldwin, Jasper, um, and then I have a few sites in DeKalb. Okay. And I think it's interesting because our, all of our specialists are regionally based. And so they go out to these programs. We try to locate them as close as we can to the areas that they serve, obviously. Uh, and that keeps them in the classroom on a, on a regular year, on a regular basis. They've been doing it virtually here during 2020. Um, Faith, during the pandemic, pre-K providers could choose to offer classes in person, virtually, or a hybrid of in-person and virtual. This year, the plan is to return to all in-person. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. I like how you emphasize the plan. Right now, we have... Um, all of our pre-K classes are back in person that have already started school. And um, we really looked at the advice from the Centers for Disease Control, um, the American Academy of Pediatrics in making those decisions. We know that it is truly best um, based on their recommendations for children to be back face-to-face. -face. Um, they really had a year last year where they had fewer interactions with children in some cases. Other cases, of course, they were completely masked, which that makes a big difference for what's taking place in the classroom as well. So this year, we're really hopeful that we can continue in person, but we will be watching and um, studying what the CDC and the Georgia Department of Health says is best for families in our area, and um, we'll be assisting programs in making those decisions as um, the year continues. Well, research shows that early education of children from birth to age five is critical to their success in kindergarten and elementary school. And you have both seen that firsthand. Based on your experience, why do you think pre-K is so important? Faith, I'll start with you. 
Okay, well, we have a lot of research, of course, like you just mentioned, um, even just for Georgia's pre-K, but there's research across the nation um, on a national level that shows that it makes a positive impact for children. Um, if you think about it, pre-K is such a, it's an important, it's a foundational year because for most children, it provides their initial exposure to school and it sets that tone for um, how they're gonna continue in their education. What we want is for children to fall in love with learning. Um, we want them to develop those positive feelings, their perceptions of what school is like, and their ideas about school. Um, it's really a great opportunity to get kids off to the right foot. Um, they learn important social emotional skills, such as how to express their feelings in appropriate ways, how to take turns, how to get along with others, how to share. Um, so Georgia offers a play-based program that's based on our Georgia, Georgia Early Learning Development Standards. And um, it's all planned with children in mind, developmentally appropriate practices in place. What about you, Alice? Jumping off of what Faith said, um, pre-K, of course, is just such an important step for a child. Um, this is the age where they're developing those social, emotional, and those friendship skills. Um, and most children haven't been in a structured environment but prior to pre-K. So that pre-K classroom is just a great opportunity for them to learn how to do school, taking turns, waiting in line. Um, so it's so beneficial for them to teach pre-K or to attend pre-K and get the foundation of being in a school setting. Well, it's a big step. And as Deputy Commissioner Susan Adams says, we're honored to provide the first quality formal education experience for many children in Georgia. Let's talk about some tips for parents and families with children just starting Georgia's pre-K program this fall. Alice, uh, rumor has it you had a child in pre-K last year. How did that experience go uh, both for your child and for you as a mom? <laughs> yeah, well, some tips to begin with um, for families. I would say prepare the night before and just have those positive open conversations with your child about going to big kids school tomorrow and making new friends. Um, as a parent, it was really hard last year because I didn't get to walk my son to his classroom for the first day or go to special events. Um, but you know what? The first day he walked in, we went to the front of the building. He told me bye and he walked right in and it was he did amazing. So, and I think it's because we had those positive conversations before he started big kids school. Um, so I think he did amazing. And for parents this year, I would say transitioning to school is a lot easier. If you have those conversations, um, tell your kid, have a great day, kiss them and leave. Um, Cause we don't want to linger too long because overall that transition, it makes it harder for the child, the teacher, and the parent. Um, as far as last year goes, um, school is different for everyone. Um, my son did have the opportunity to attend pre-K five days, five days a week in person, um, where I know a lot of children didn't get that same experience. And he did have a difficult transition to begin with, with the school setting. Um, not only was he surrounded by other elementary kids, but he also had a new baby sister at home. Um, so to help Joe transition to school, I had to stay in constant communication with his teacher. Um, and we had to figure out ways to support him. And once we 
implemented those strategies, school was just a completely different experience for him. He would show eagerness in the morning to get dressed and brush his teeth. Um, so essentially, I think he matured and he just enjoyed going to pre-K, big kid school. Um, so I think families should keep that in mind as their child's transitioning to pre-K, um, just working together and staying in contact with your teachers um, just to ensure that your child has a successful pre-K year. That is uh, definitely great advice from a parent. <laughs> it can't get better than that. Yeah. So Faith, the Georgia's pre-K program was also active this summer for the 11th year. DECAL offered the Summer Transition Program, the six-week intensive academic program for rising pre-K and rising kindergarten students. And this year we doubled the previous number of rising kindergarten classes. Was that due to COVID learning loss? And what feedback have you heard from that program? Well, what we really wanted is we wanted to offer as many classes as possible um, for children and for as many children to um, be able to participate this past summer. Um, typically, we have a targeted program, and so there's some requirements. What we did is we um, removed those requirements, and um, other than you have to be a resident in the state of Georgia, um, because we knew that many children hadn't been able to have um, the typical pre-K experience. Some of them either didn't attend at all pre-K due to COVID, or um, as I stated earlier, they didn't get a slot in a program that was near them. There were other situations where children attended hybrid or all virtual, and not to mention the many times classes had to close for two weeks or so due to the virus. So we really, really wanted to open up the opportunity and have as many children attend as possible. Um, and even if it's just for a short amount of time, the summer transition program is a really focused program. The teachers work really hard to get children accustomed to go into school and to learn or enhance some of those skills that will help them be more successful in kindergarten. That, like we talked about earlier, the learning how to just be in a school setting and be around 21 other children at the same time, which is a huge adjustment for many children. So we really wanted to help them get used to that. Um, we also knew that children needed those very important interactions with other children that had been missing. And um, so we had 314 rising pay classes. And in the past year, we've had about 150. So we more than doubled that. And a rising K class, those are children that were age eligible for, for pre-K this past year. And they're set to, to transition into kindergarten. And we had about 69 rising pre-K classes. And that, that number stayed about the same. And that's for children who um, are dual language learners and they are set to begin pre-K this next year. So we're trying to give them that little bit of time before to help them get a little bit more accustomed to it. But one of the great things about this was that attendance was wonderful. Um, I think families have expressed they had, an op they had this option um, and had this opportunity before their children went into kindergarten. Um, we had about a 91% fill rate for rising kindergarten and a 94% um, fill rate for our rising pre-K program. One of the other wonderful things is that we had um, some funds available. So we were able to also provide extra money to programs that were participating for student transition materials, um, programs were really help, able to help families with some things their child might need for going to school, like school supplies, 
um, even a backpack, lunch boxes, and a variety of other things. So it's always a successful program. I feel like it's always an important program, but especially this year. Yeah, some of the photos we saw on social media from the programs participating were great, particularly with the very creative family engagement opportunities that they had. And I thought that was terrific to see the whole family together uh, because we know how important that support is at home. So um, thanks to everyone who participated and especially those of you that sent in photos. We really appreciate that. Well, this year, whether it's 60,000, 70, 80,000, we know we've come a long way from that first pilot program in 1992 when we served 750 at-risk four-year-olds at 20 locations. Um, Faith, how many classes will we have this year and and how many pre-k specialists do we have helping those classes and and what are their backgrounds okay so this next year we have right at 3800 classes and so we have slots for um about 83,000, a little bit over that children um we have 36 specialists that are assigned across the state um each pre-k program each pre-k class has a specialist that supports it Um, And our specialists have a wide variety of backgrounds, um, but they're all from an education um, background. So we have former teachers, we have former directors of childcare centers, we have former public school administrators. I think the one thing we all have in common is our love for young children and the belief that early childhood sets the foundation for children and that when done well, like we feel Georgia's pre-K is, we've set children up for success in school and beyond. So we're all proud to be part of it. We have a wonderful, cohesive pre-K team. I can definitely second that emotion. I Just in knowing them and working with them, they're a great group. Alice, maybe you can best describe the, the work you do with the programs on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, so when we visit a program, um, one of my typical visits, I'll always speak with the director or administrator first, um, just to touch base and see how things are going. Um, Then I typically review student records or paperwork, um, and then I get to visit the classroom, and that's where I get to see firsthand the children in action, and I get to see the teachers in action. They're doing some amazing things throughout across the state, and I can potentially share that with some of my other teachers and my other programs. Um, So throughout the state, every program has their assigned pre-K specialist, and we're really just there to partner with them. Um, to provide support to teachers and directors um, regarding lesson plans, registration, classroom environment or materials, um, just so that we know that children are getting that quality pre-K experience. So this month, we were planning to return to post-pandemic operations for DECAL, but um, the Delta variant has put a little delay in that. Um, Our pre-K specialists were going to be back on site Uh, doing in-person training with teachers and assistant teachers. We were going to do our regular on-site visits, which we usually do in September, just to give classrooms and teachers a chance to adjust to the new schedule. And unfortunately, we've delayed that uh, just to get a handle on the Delta variant, which seems to be um, different than um, what the COVID we were dealing with uh, last year. And so I'm changing the question up. Um, I know that our pre-K specialists were ready to go and they were so excited. And I'm going to go and say, we're going to go back out there this year. It's just not going to be August or September is what I'm thinking. But 
how is the team feeling? How are they feeling now? What are they going to do instead of um, in-person visits until we can really get back out there? A specialist. We were so eager to get back in the classroom. Um, But since that's going to be delayed, I mean, we'll still do our virtual visits and meet with programs um, over Zoom or uh, phone calls and just still touch base with them and make sure that um, they are on track and just provide those that support that they need, um, whether it's with resources or getting in touch with inclusion or just giving them feedback. Yeah, I think that I could say we are all excited to, when the time is right, get back in our pre-K classes and see the teachers, directors, and of course the children. Um, and Alice said this earlier, we see ourselves as partners with all of our programs. And while we love being on site, that really fuels us, especially when we get to interact with four-year-old children. I have to say our pre-K team, especially the specialists, has done an amazing and an excellent job switching to virtual support. Um, They have virtually supported their programs. And in many cases, they have said it has really helped them grow, um, build stronger relationships because they've had a little bit more time through a virtual format. They've been able to offer lots of um, technical assistance and information sessions through an online platform. And so while our preference would be to be back on site, we also wanna do it in the best way for families and for children that is safe and that is healthy. Um, And, you know, we love face-to-face contact contact because we really love seeing seeing these children. And we'll be out there, as you said, But um, in the meantime, we'll just switch right back to our virtual support and rock right along like we always do in Georgia's pre-K. Well, I love the enthusiasm and the uh, energy that uh, Alice is is talking about from our team. And um, I know they're excited to get back uh, to the new normal. And hopefully that'll be sooner than later. We're actually seeing, you know, classes starting right now. Faith, is it it too late to get involved if, if you're a parent? With a four-year-old that's qualified, eligible for the program, can you still get involved in pre-K? And how do you go about doing that? It is absolutely not too late. We are looking for you. So if you have a child that is four years old as of September 1 of um, of this school year, um, and you're looking for a pre-K class, there are a couple of ways you can get information. You can go on our website at www.decal.ga.gov. And when you're on that page, click on the button on the right side that says find a Georgia's pre-K. Or you can call 1-888-ALL-GA-KIDS. And um, we will be glad to assist you with that. So no, it's not too late. Um, Please, please. If you have a, a child who is age eligible and you're ready for them to start pre-K, we are ready to welcome them. <laughs> I love that. It's so fun watching the uh, some of the photos that we're seeing posted on uh, first day of school. Um, and you're seeing it for all ages, um, up and down, you know, the, uh, the ages and the grades. But it's so much fun seeing that first day of pre-K, what we call Georgia Pre-K First Day. That's our hashtag. And uh, so post that to our social media. We'd love to share in that moment with you. We also ask our Facebook followers uh, if families would like to buy something a little extra for their pre-K classroom supply closet, what kinds of things 
are needed. And we're hearing back Lysol wipes, Kleenex, hand sanitizer, uh, Ziploc bags, paper plates, old magazines for collage materials, uh, dry erase markers, books, the ever popular Play-Doh. I, I kind of like a little Play-Doh around the house, to be quite honest. Construction paper, laminating paper. Um, that was the list from social. Do you guys have anything to add to that that they might want to pick up for their classroom? Well, I would say um, that getting away from even the spending of money on things, families can also donate things such as for the Science Center. Maybe they have a lot of seashells around their house they've collected over the past few summers. Those are great to um, donate to a class to use in their Science Center. Or they have a button collection. Um, those are also great because we use them in our math center for sorting and for classifying. Um, I know you've had old magazines on here, books that their children maybe no longer are using and that, you know, they were just sitting in a sh on a shelf somewhere in a basket somewhere. Can't get enough good children's books in a pre-K classroom. And um, I think Alice may have some other ideas. Um, well, purchasing the cleaning supplies, I mean, no teacher is going to turn that down at all. That is very helpful, but also just donating your time. If now that parents are allowed to come back into the schools, like donating your time to read to the students or cut out laminating or help with a special event, that also can be very beneficial for the teacher and help her. <laughs> yeah. Great ideas. And I know a lot of parents expressed interest in wanting to help, just not knowing exactly how to do that. So all of these uh, great suggestions. Almost out of time, but Alice, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, is Joe ready for kindergarten? I believe so. We've been <laughs> still talking about big kids school and we start tomorrow. So he seems pretty eager. <laughs> that's good to know. Well, that's great. And based on Pre-K, and that's one of the key elements uh, and goals of pre-K is to prepare the child for uh, kindergarten. Um, so that's good. Well, we wish him well. And little sis, she's got a little while before she's coming along. <laughs> yeah, she's got a while. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll be ready for her when the time comes. So um, it's an exciting time. Um, Faith, I know you probably get a little sentimental this time of year, don't you? I do. I always feel like I need to go out and buy school supplies and new clothes. It makes my husband maybe a little bit crazy, but I do. I feel like I have to have new pens. I will go sniff the crayons because I love how crayons smell. And um, it helps that I have three grandchildren. So I just buy for them. Um, so, yes, this is an exciting time. And um, I, I was prepared not to sleep last night because usually on the first night of school, I don't know very before school starts, most teachers do not sleep. Um, you're just anticipating the day. You're excited about it. You have a few little worries. And so I was sort of like thinking I might have that same experience coming back to the office. So <laughs> I was thankful we heard a little bit earlier that um, I, and I, I did rest well. <laughs> That's great. Well, listen, this has been very informative. I hope uh, everyone has appreciated it. Teachers, assistant teachers, we can't do it without you. Obviously, you are Georgia's pre-K program. We are here to assist you in administering the program. And hopefully uh, you have met your pre-K specialist. And Alice is a great example 
of someone who is ready and willing and able to uh, walk you through, journey through this year with you and uh, help your students uh, with all of the resources that we have available here at DECAL. So Faith and Alice, thanks for being with us. Good luck on a amazing school year ahead. Thank you for inviting us. Thank you. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, my name is Tamara Rand, and I work in human resources in Atlanta. My question for Commissioner Jacobs is, are more people at DeKalb working from home following COVID-19? Well, thank you so much for your question. Uh, yes, absolutely. We do have more of our decal team working from home uh, due to COVID. So we're all actually working from home right now. Uh, we had planned to, uh, some of us would be returning to the office, but we're delaying that just for a little bit. But when we get back to our post-pandemic new normal, um, only about 25% of our total staff will actually be um in the office a few days a week. They won't even be in there five days a week. We're trying to offer some flexibility. So all of us are working from home right now, but when we return to our post-pandemic new normal, only about 25% of our total staff will be um, working in the office a few days a week. And, you know, we've mentioned this before, but that's going to make things even more safe for our employees because when you combine the home-based employees with the headquarters-based employees with the flexible schedules, not a lot of people in the no. office at any one given time. No, I think total is a little over 150 around average, about 150 are headquarters base, which means they have, you know, an office space in the headquarters, which just remember, we've got six, seven and eight on in the East Tower and five in the West Tower. Um, and not everybody's going to be there on the same day because of their schedule. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of social distancing that will just happen naturally, which will be uh, really, really good. Absolutely. And it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in our decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to a question. Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. And many thanks to our sponsors, Chick-fil-A, Fun Spot America, Georgia Lottery, the Gwinnett Stripers, the School Box, Six Flags Over Georgia, Stone Mountain Park, Skyline Park at Pont City Market, Wild Adventures Theme Park in Valdosta and Wild Animal Safari in Pine Mountain. Here's the question. In what year was the pilot program held for Georgia's pre-K? In what year was the pilot program held for Georgia's pre-K? Send your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. We'll reach deep into the barrel, draw one name from all the correct answers. You'll win the prize. Thanks for playing and good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.